0: Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah chapter 3. Now that may be a, that may be a tough one for some of you. That, that's, uh, if you go to Matthew and start turning back uh, to the left, you'll come across Haggai and some other odd named folks. And Zephaniah is tucked right in there uh, in the uh, minor prophets. And so he's going to be near Habakkuk and in, uh, in, in front of Haggai. Zephaniah chapter 3, I want to look at a few verses here from this prophet and the words that he speaks to us this morning I think are are very appropriate for our time and our season today. Notice these words, and by the way there, there should be a copy of scripture very near to you in the basket in front of you as you turn there. Zephaniah 3, hear these words this morning. Starting with verse 14. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear Evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty One who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by His love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Let us pray. Jesus, thank You for Your holy Word. Would You speak a holy Word to us this morning? Not through my voice, but that inner voice that is only by faith, and through the Holy Spirit, would you speak, Spirit, in a way that we know it's you? We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. <coughs> at, Christmas, at Christmas time, we, Christmas time, you may. Uh, wow, Christmas. <laughs> that uh, <coughs> that sounds like something from uh, what? I can't even remember the name of the movie now. Uh. Lampoon, whatever vacation. Uh, Christmas time. So Christmas time, uh, there's, there's uh, oftentimes you'll see popping up in your neighborhood different lights. Lights on houses. You know, the the, the outside of the light uh, exterior of the house is lit up. Also gifts. Lots and lots of gifts. Uh, I saw as I was in Toys R Us the other day with my wife. It was, the, it was the first big mistake I made that day was going shopping with her. But I went to Toys R Us and there was... I mean, just, this guy comes up, he's got three buggies filled with gifts. Uh, I, I would hate to have to pay for all that. Uh, gifts, and another, but also sounds. You know, you hear very ding and ding a ding 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 You know, this sound's going on. Bells are more popular. You've got Christmas music rocking out, uh, maybe at home or on the radio, or maybe you're trying to avoid that. But nonetheless... There are all kinds of different sights and smells and scenes. And I, and I hope you've noticed even as, as the weeks have gone by how things have grown here. Uh, we, we've added the lights. We added the poinsettias. More candles are being lit. We're trying to create that same kind of growing anticipation for the day when we celebrate Christ, His birth. Oftentimes I've wondered why we don't celebrate throughout the year His birth. You know, it's almost as if we oh, was done with that, we can forget that. But we must not ever forget what He's done in coming as a baby. I mean, this is, this is the celebration of God becoming a baby. Just let that sit in for just a moment. The oddest thing you've ever heard, maybe. <clears throat> you know, there's a few... Sounds in my life that bring great joy. Now we have a lot of sounds in our life. But these are two that I've located that I always uh, have looked to and remembered in my life more than anything else. And it's two simple things. The first is this, I love you. I need that. Even as a guy. I need to know that I'm loved. I need to know that my parents love me. My grandparents love me. My wife and children love me. I love, I love teaching, teaching kids. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. I like teaching my kids. <clears throat> um, it's, it's, I, I, there's a reason I'm not back there in the back teaching the other kids. It really is. That's not my gifting. Praise be to God other people are gifted that way. And by the way, if you are gifted that way, we'd love to know about that. <laughs> we'd, we would just really be uh, joyous about that. You know, and in teaching my kids, we have to teach Ty to tell us that he loves us. You know what I mean? He, he, he's, not, he's not naturally going to just say that. Uh, he's naturally going to say, no, right? <laughs> and mine, right? He's good at that. But we, I, I say, Ty, I love you. Say, I love you, Daddy. And I have to teach him to say, I love you. You know, <clears throat> we have to teach those things. We have to be taught to even say that. One of the growing things at our church right now is to tell people that you love them. It is. I've heard this. Multiple places in our small groups, even at church, saying, Hey, brother, I love you, man. I love you. I'm praying for you. That's a good thing to say. We need to learn to say that. For the sake of being heard, I'm going to leave this family member out. <laughs> Although it is a family member of my extension. And he, uh, he never says, I love you. He says, look, you already know. No need to say it. But I'm going to say, no, you actually do need to say it. You actually do need to say it. People need to hear that in your life. I love you. You need to hear it. You need to hear it. The other thing that brings joy is the first cry of a baby. You ever heard that? That's a pretty powerful thing right there now. I'm just going to be honest with you. That first cry is something you'll never forget. That little, I mean, that's his first cry. Breath. Now I'm gonna tell you, I got really freaked out our first baby, Jackson, because I had read the books, you know, and she told me how it's gonna go down, and I'd taken the classes, you know, about birthing stuff and everything. And when Jackson came out, all he did was this number. And so everybody's like, "Oh, look, a baby boy!" And just, "Oh my goodness!" I'm, I'm just dead serious. Why is he not crying? Why is he not crying? Something's wrong, why is she not going to do Like, It's okay, it's okay, some, some babies don't cry. You know? And then all of a sudden, way, way, probably because I got on to him you know, already. Uh, he, he started crying. And, but crying means they're breathing. Crying is their first breath. Now, and, and that's a joyous moment. I mean, that's a moment you, you, you embrace that baby, you embrace each other, and it's just a beautiful thing. God had that moment. God has done both of those things for us, hasn't He? That baby that comes, trust me, He he was a baby. And babies cry. They're good at it. They really are. That first cry is joyous, but the rest of them aren't. Let me tell you. The rest of them are a nightmare. uh, For lack of better terminology. Uh, But God becomes a baby and through that He's telling us, I love you. Imagine how many times Mary... Now, we've got all kind of different gestational stage people here today. Uh, you know, uh, we also have people who have just given birth to newborns. And I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a very uh, object lesson kind of thing around our church to have pregnancies and babies. But imagine how many times Mary told that baby she loved him. I love you. I love you. He had that. God had that. Just, just, how can that, I mean, I, that is just, blows my mind. God, a woman telling God she loves Him. You know what? God likes that. God wants us to tell Him that we love Him. You ever said that to God? We must love Him. That is the greatest commandment, isn't it? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Lord, I love you with all of my heart. Can you say that? Have you said that? You should say that. You see, (laughs) Zephaniah is is one of these books. It's really short. And we don't really know much about Zephaniah. Uh, He is a prophet to the southern kingdom, which is Judah. The northern kingdom's already been exiled by the Assyrians. But he prophesies the destruction of the Assyrians and the rise of the Babylonians to then come and judge God's own people. A lot of judgment in this book. Of the three chapters, most of it is judgment. Most of it is saying, look, God's coming in as a warrior against you. And however, here's the beautiful thing about the prophets. They have a lot of judgment, but they also have hope. And here at the end of the book is great hope. He says, look, I'm going to do away with your enemies. I'm going to bring you back. Uh, It's really, if we had time to actually diagram what's going on here in a Bible study, which would be fantastic, you would see what's called a chiastic structure to the book. A chiastic structure really works sort of like this. He talks about singing, right? At the first. Well, then later on, in verse 17, so he mentions it in 14, he mentions it again in 17. He then talks about being glad and then rejoicing in gladness down here in 17. And you keep building inward, laying the same foundation, building to a point. So you're starting, it's almost like a, just imagine a sandwich, right? How you build a sandwich. A chiasm is like a sandwich, ultimately. The meat's in the middle. You've got the lettuce here and then another side down here, maybe mayonnaise or pickles or whatever you like. And then the bread's on the the outer. That's the way he's building this. And at the very middle is, you will never fear again. You'll never fear again. Why? Because of the constant refrain in Zephaniah, if you read him, the Lord is in your midst. He's right here in our midst. He was right there in Mary's arms saying to humanity, I love you. In that first cry that night before it got silent, you know, because babies do, they, uh, they cry at first, but then they go into this deep sleep. You really wish you could recapture that later on, but you can't unfortunately. But they go into this deep sleep where they just sleep for almost 24 hours. So it was a silent night at one point, <laughs> but not at first. First. The birthing process is quite a vocal-sounding sort of thing, especially when you have epidurals and these sorts of things. There's a lot of sounds that night, but the greatest sound that came that holy night was that, I love you, I'm in your midst. Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? God with us. You could even say, you could change it a little bit to say, God as us. He becomes one of us. <clears throat> That's good news. That's the amazing news. So, here's the thing. <laughs> if, if hearing from God, because that should bring joy when we hear that. If hearing from God brings joy, then why are we not joyous? There's a lot of Christianity out there that is just ho-hum, Boring. Some people are just real stale. Now, they'll scream their head off at a TV. Didn't get any many amens on that, did I? <laughs> uh, they'll scream their head off at a game. But when we all of a sudden start talking about Jesus, we feel like we have to be quiet. We feel like we have to be reserved. But notice the terminology here, sing aloud. O daughters of Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice. Do you know that in verses 14 and 17 is the highest concentration of terms for joy in Hebrew anywhere in the Bible? So in those two verses, there are eight different words for joy in the Hebrew. One of those, by the way, I thought this was funny when I was studying those words, one of those, the root of it is when you transliterate, it, is SMH. Does that mean anything for anybody? Shaking my head, you know. Isn't that, isn't that right? I mean, I have to always check myself with some of these uh, modern things, but you know how people use that as a little what is it, acronym? I don't know William, what you call it, but as sometimes I have to shake my head because I see people screaming at TVs and screaming for their, t- but then they don't rejoice. I'm not saying you got to go crazy. I'm saying when you sing, sing as if you really love that person that you're singing about. Work as unto God, not just go into work, but that He's given you today this opportunity to rejoice in Him. Not with long faces, but with smiles. God, you know, we we're one of the only creatures that smile. That laugh we are the only creature that laughs. There is no animal that laughs. Not truly. Not what we mean by laugh. Not tell a joke and. (laughs) I don't mean, you know, a laughing hyena or something like that. Uh, We have to actually overlay video of dogs and stuff laughing. And it's funny because it looks like us. You see, here's the reality, my friends God has spoken, He's already done it, He's already spoken. When people ask, you know, where is God? Or when people say, you know, I've never heard from God. They're just wrong. Flat out, wrong. Everybody has heard from God. At least that's what my Bible says. Paul even echoes this in Romans 1. He says even creation is a sign that God has spoken. He has spoken. He is spoken. Speaking. He, is, he has spoken through His prophets. We just read one of them. And it still speaks today, doesn't it? Yes. It just spoke out loud in 2015 right here in Madison, Alabama. The apostles that wrote in the New Testament, God has spoken through them. And they still speak today if we'd only listen. If we'd only crack our Bibles open. And begin to read. Begin to pray read. Begin to ask God to speak to us through His Word. He still speaks to the hearts of men and women. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you a word. And when God gives you a word, a lot of times that word is for somebody else. I don't mean a word of condemnation. I mean a word that is just right for someone. A lot of times the condemnation part comes to you. What I've noticed in God speaking to me is it's a judgment on me. And God will speak. One day He's going to stand on this earth again in His glorified body. John says, His voice will be like that of many waters. I've never been to Niagara Falls, but I've heard about it. Pretty loud. Voice of many waters. Imagine, that's what it's going to sound like. It's not going to be something that you had to say, I'm sorry, say that again? You probably just had to say it once. And everyone will hear. He will speak at the second advent, His second coming. But here's the question for us this morning. How can we hear how can we hear God? Many people ask this question. Many people say they want to hear from God. Did you know that you can hear things and not hear them? Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> now I know everybody's kind of bumping their bumping their spouse, right? Probably more men to uh, I'm sorry, women to men, uh, but <clears throat> but nonetheless. I know if I was near Jessica she would be bumping me uh, because she says I speak all the time and because she has four other men in the house she gets a quadruple blessing of people not listening to her. (laughs) Some reason we just hear her but we don't hear it. And things are stuff uh, kept lying around and unwashed and unfinished business and she comes in and says, did you not hear me? Uh, No, I, I guess I didn't. Why can we not hear God? If He's speaking, why can't we hear Him? Well, it may be as simple as you have your ears plugged. You're doing one of these things kids do when they don't want to hear something. La, 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 la right? I got Jackson do that the other day because I needed to talk about something private. And the older he gets, the more stuff he can, you know, say. And understand. And so now I'm having to... Jackson, just cover your ears and say something, you know. Some of us are doing that to God. We are purposefully blocking. We don't want to hear. There was a time in my life where I didn't want to hear. I didn't really care about anything. It's in high school. I just didn't care about anything, and I didn't want to care about anything. I knew I should, and I knew if I just unplugged my ears that I would hear a word from God, but I didn't want to hear it because I knew what He wanted. You ever been there before? God has called you to something. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. It's just like when you're in an argument with someone and they say the right thing, and you really are wrong, but you don't want to hear it. You just don't want to hear it. And so we refuse to hear Some of us are just plain rude and disrespectful to God. You say, what does that mean? Well, you know how when you're in school, the teacher says, hey, stop talking over there, I'm talking. It's rude to talk while others are talking. Some of us are so busy talking our way through problems, figuring out ourself, whether it's talking to our friends or talking to even ourself in our head, that we never stop to ask God. We're just making the decisions ourselves in our life. We never stop to say, should I purchase this? We never question that. We never let God into our finances, into our eating, into our entertainment. We say, no, nah, it stops there. This is my world here. I want you in all this, but it stops. This is mine here. You're not going to mess with that. This is just the way I am. It's a very dangerous place to be, folks. You're not going to hear from God if you do that. You're stopping up your ears. No, instead, the teacher tells us be quiet. Here's what the Bible says Be still and know that I am God. You see, if we want to hear from God, it's not adding more stuff to the plate. More noise to our life. It's stopping and being alone with Him. Yes. I, always find it, I always find it interesting. When people want to grow in faith, grow in Jesus, they always ask me for a book or what resource when all we need to do is stop. It's just stop. Literally, just stop whatever we're doing. Stop whatever we're thinking. Stop, whatever we're, stop wherever we're going. And say, Jesus, just cry out His name. He will meet you there. More than some book that was written by some other person that experienced something. We just need to stop and talk to God. It really is that simple. Stop talking and just listen. Stop the racket. Turn the radio off. I mean, how many minutes and hours and days have gone by of us commuting back and forth to work when we could have been speaking to God and instead we were just wasting our time hearing about the bad news of our world or hearing some song that may or may not have meant something. I'm just asking It's just as easy as a 15 minute commute and talk to God. Some of you, that's the only place you can get along with God. We must. You know, with all the chatter and the babble and the talk and the social media, you know, we've, humans have never been to the place we are today. And people have these dog collars on where they talk to people. I saw this person walking by at the, uh, um, uh, Toys R Us again I don't get out much apparently But I, I saw this person walk, And they're like talking I thought they were talking to me I was, I'm, I'm sorry and, uh, and they had this collar on And they were talking to somebody I guess I don't even know how that works uh, I'm, I'm a little late to the game we, We're so connected I mean right here's my phone If I don't have my phone I start, I start getting nervous You know what I mean I mean how am I going to do anything today If I don't have my phone we're so connected to social media that all these different things are just popping up. We have all, we're being advertised from billboards to our television, to our Google accounts, to our email, to, to at work. It's just constant. We need to turn it off. Amen. There never really has been another generation that has not had moments of silence. I mean, used to when you had to go to the store and you went by yourself, you didn't just ride in your car and listen to the radio. Rode on a camel and just heard the blah 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 blah. I mean, there, were, there was no radio waves, no satellite TV, no watching something on Netflix as you're cruising down the road on the camel. Not that way. We need to recapture the art of being silent. Be still and know that I am God. Notice what Zephaniah says in 17. He says, He, talking about God, will quiet you by His love. Some of us are just simply afraid to be alone with God. We don't know what He's going to say to us. Or maybe we do know what He's going to say to us. Don't fear. His plan is, Listen, it it may be scary. Jessica and I can attest to this. It may be scary at times to go His way. But let me tell you, there is so much joy in being obedient to God. Talk about sleeping well at night. When you're in God's way, on His path, that's when you can sleep well at night. No fear. No fear in the face of death. We need to Shut it off. Listen. Didn't the same thing happen to Elijah? You remember that? Elijah, the great prophet, he runs away, he's depressed, goes and hides in a cave. And the Bible says that he heard this strong wind like a tornado, but God's voice wasn't there. He then was in an earthquake, but God's voice wasn't there. Then there was a great fire. But God's voice wasn't there. Rather, He heard the voice of God, the Bible says in First 1 Kings 1911, 19, in a still small voice. Sometimes we look for a big sign when, if we'll just stop, we'll have the clearest word we've ever heard. We just get too busy, too busy. I remember telling one of my professors in seminary, uh, he asked me how I was doing, and, and I said, oh man, just, just really busy. You know, I wanted him to think I was really working hard, right? He said, you know, it's not always good to be busy. We shouldn't always be busy. It's a distraction. We need to be silent before the Lord. We need to find and make those times where we get alone with God. The phone's outside the door. We open up His Word and say, Lord, speak to me. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you actually heard from God? When's the last time you shut out all the racket in your life? What will you do in order to hear His voice? Are you willing to hear His voice? Are you got your ears plugged? Here's the other thing. God has spoken, therefore we must grow in that. You see, in the Bible Belt, there's a danger. It's great that we're in the Bible Belt, but there's a danger in thinking that because there's a church on every corner, that the world is saved. Or that we are saved. Or that because we go to church we're saved. Or because about what we do that we are saved. What makes us saved is being in relationship with Jesus. He's the only one who saves. It's about a relationship. And maybe you've heard that voice before, but it's been a long time since you've heard from God. What will you do to seek Him? The Bible oftentimes will say you can seek the Lord, but He won't be found until you seek Him with all of your heart. It's really dangerous to feel like we've heard from God and act like we've heard from God when we haven't. It's a very, very dangerous place to be. And in the Bible, belt, we just kind of automatically think everybody goes to church and everybody's you know understanding of the Bible. But let me tell you, at Calhoun... This happened to me. I asked, you know, I said, you guys know who Moses is? And this girl really had never heard of Moses. She's in the Bible Belt. She grew up right here in the South. Never heard of Moses. I just just was flabbergasted. We're more biblically illiterate than we want to realize sometimes. We think just because we have four copies of the Bible, we know the Bible and we don't. It's a very dangerous place to be to think we know God. You know, it's again. Jesus gives that warning in Matthew. and He says this. He says there'll be many who say, "Lord, Lord," at the judgment. But I'll say to them, "I never knew you. I don't. I don't know you. We we haven't talked before." We've not communed before. We're not one. You're not married to me. You're married to a lot of other things in your life. From sports to hobbies to your job to your prestige to your wealth. Married to a lot of other things. You give yourself to a lot. But not me. Not me. I never knew you. The flip side of that. Is the most joyous words that could ever be spoken to you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy that I have for you. How can we grow? Get in the Word. I mean, I hate to be redundant. God has already spoken. How many of us have ignored what He has said? oh I can't understand the Bible man and yet you went to school to understand all kind of stuff that I can't understand you took the time to learn that some of you are whizzes at math I'm a zero I could learn it just don't have the desire to you could learn it you just don't have the desire to shouldn't that show that's a heart problem You're never going to understand if you don't get in it. You know what I've found about learning? is you have to actually start doing it to actually learn it. It's the funniest thing ever. Some things are so daunting. I mean it really is. I mean, uh, you know, I've read some books before that I was warned, man, this is this whew, this is heavy stuff." And it was. I had no idea half the book what, what was going on. When I reread it, clicked. We must read it and reread it. And if we find that this is boring to us, that's a heart problem. Our mind's in the wrong place. We're fixated on the things of the world and not the things of God. Has your love for Him grown cold? It can. The Bible's... Filled with warnings of not to turn away, to continue. Here's one in Galatians where it says, Do not grow weary of doing good. Now, if somebody gives you a warning, you know, somebody says, Hey, let me tip you off. You do this, and your boss is going to fire you for it. Don't you think there's normally something behind that? So if we get warned about growing weary, don't you believe you can grow weary? Of doing good? I think so. I believe so. I think the warning is for real. So what's the good news today? The good news is this: God loves us. He's shown us in that first cry of that baby, Jesus, that He loves us, that He's in our midst to save us from our enemies. Whatever enemy that might be for you. There are all kinds of demons and enemies that are assigned to you. They're not mine. I have my own. You have yours. You better have someone that saves in your life. Or you will be swallowed up in death. But you don't have to be. Not today. The good news is being proclaimed if we can hear it. You know what Jesus says and repeats all the time when He's teaching? is this. Let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you have those ears of faith? If we'll stop, if we'll cut it off, if we'll stop our own way, stop our own talking and racket and center in on Jesus, He will speak to you. And what a beautiful thing it is when God speaks to a human heart. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to have joy to know that God is speaking to you. It's going to bring joy. It's going to bring great joy. So have you heard from God? Are you hearing from Him? What are you doing now to grow in His knowledge, in His love? Because He is in our midst. I'll leave you with this. And this, this came to me from Peter Craft, a uh, Catholic philosopher who used to teach at Boston uh, University. He said, if, anytime you come to a railroad track, you're taught to stop, look, and listen, right? He said, that's what we should do in prayer. That's all prayer is. Stop what you're doing. Just stop wherever. Where, you know, there, there's, uh, it's always fascinating when I teach on Islam. They stop what they're doing five times a day. Doesn't matter if they're in a meeting, they can make money or whatever. They stop and they get on their face and pray to Allah, God. Say what you want. I don't know a lot of Christians that are willing just to simply stop. How many of us are willing just to simply put prayer into certain things? What I mean by that is somebody tells you a need, you say, let me pray for you. Rather than, hey, let me pray for you later. I mean right on the spot. You say, I don't really know how to pray. Only way to learn to pray is to start praying. Yeah. <laughs> it really it, you know, This is not rocket science. It really isn't. I don't mean to be, you know, uh, just joshing about with it. It really is simple. Stop. Look to God in faith and then listen to Him. Most of prayer is listening, not me talking. I just don't really have a lot to... I'm not much of a talker. That's great. If you'll just listen... Let God speak to you. Allow God to place certain people in this church, in your life, on your heart, and lift them up to God. There are all kinds of needs right here in this room. Miss Bobby needs our prayers. Yes. Justin, my brother, needs our prayers. There are many on the list that you just signed up. And if you want to be on our intercession team, a team that actually we send it out during the week, special needs to pray for, then talk to Tammy. We have people who are already praying. Join in. You know what Jesus is doing right now? He's praying. <laughs> we, we actually said it in the creed, did we not? He's seated at the Father's right hand, and Paul tells us He is praying for us. What a thought that is. He is praying. What are we doing? Are we praying? Are we praying? We should never stop. You start and never stop. It's an ongoing conversation. You know, one of the, one of the terms they use, you know, is, I think now, we're Jessica and I try to keep up with this, uh, but, is we're talking to one another. You know what I mean? For, for young people? Not, not dating, they're talking. We're, yeah, we're talking. Um, We should start talking to God and never stop. Never stop. That doesn't mean that I always just to Jessica. Sometimes we just sit and enjoy each other. We actually like to see older couples when they're out to eat, you know? You can tell they've been together a long time. They don't talk, they don't have to talk the whole time. They're just sitting kind of enjoying their meal. Just chilled out, you know? Enjoy. Sometimes, I mean, have you ever really done this? Just sat in a room, and enjoyed God's presence. You ever done that? I mean, you just... Let me tell you, when God shows up in a powerful way, you're not going to talk. That's the the last thing you're going to do. You're going to fall on your face as if you were dead when He shows up. You're not going to become a blabbermouth. Instead, you're going to worship Be still and know that I am God. And when you hear from God, when you're in His presence, then you can speak words of life to other people. Sounds of joy will come from your life that encourage others. And that's what it's all about, my friends. Stop, look, and listen. When you do that, He'll meet you there. I can promise you that. Amen.